Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, a teenage girl's first apartment, tons of unusual roommates, a bossing but caring main love interest, phone adapters, and tons of curry. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 476, Living Room Matsunaga-san. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Reviews, some podcasts and bang reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well out there in internet land. <coughs> and hope you're excited for a very fun-filled extra episode of the Spark and Manga Review. I know it's been kind of weird since we've been doing these two a week, but you know what? It's fun to do and it makes me happy. So hope all of you are doing well. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spirekin, or some podcasts and vague reviews about connectly enhanced narratives, is a nerdy podcast where every episode we talk about various geeky subjects depending on the show you're listening to. Since this is the manga review, obviously we're talking about manga. I tell you the art style is, the overarching plot, the characters, the design quality, and most importantly, if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-host say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. If you'd like to check out any of the 475 episodes of the manga review or the various other podcasts we've had, you can check them out at www.spirekin.com. That's S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Twitch, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N in the search bar and I guarantee you find us one way or the other. Also, with that in mind, remember to... Send us a rating on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. If you enjoy our no- noise or if you want us to do something different, let us know what you think. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com. And last bit of news, if you enjoy what you hear, support our Patreon to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. There's four tiers with tons of really cool content that's exclusive, including the actual videos of these episodes. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Because, I'll be honest right now, I need to fix the shade on my window, otherwise it looks like I'm in the middle of the sun. I'm still working on it, but hey, with that in mind, let's actually get to the manga review of the episode, because if you remember from that last episode, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated unto me that I'd be reviewing a manga that was written by Keiko Iwashita and published by Kadansha, meaning that's released over here by Kadansha. Originally released in Desert Magazine, it is a shoujo series that came out in 2016 to 2021. There are 11 volumes, and it is known simply as Living No Matsunaga-san, or Living Room Matsunaga-san. So this very shoujo manga is about a young girl named Sonata Miko. She is your typical 17-year-old girl. She's in school, she's living her life with her friends, and for certain reasons, which I don't really explain, she has to move in with her uncle. There are hints that her mother is taking care of their ailing father. We're not entirely sure. They don't really explain it. However, that's not the point. The point is that uh, Miko is now moving into her uncle's boarding house. And when she gets there, she has a very unfortunate meeting with one of the very unique members of this insane household. And that is Matsunaga Jun, who is a 27-year-old or 28-year-old, depending on what volume you're reading, designer who is living at this house that Miko's uncle owns. And it's him and five other individuals who live in this insane house, and it's Miko dealing with this. Now, unlike a lot of other mangas about people in boarding houses, the owner is absentee like anything. Pretty much her uncle's there. It's like, hey, I'm dropping you off. Now I have to go to Thailand. Then later, hey, uncle, can you come to my birthday party? Sure, I'll be there. Oh, no, I'm sorry. My thing is busy. So he just seems to be kind of a lost element. 
if I didn't know any better, I would think this is going to end up like Princess Jellyfish where he's going to end up selling the place because he's too busy with life. But that's my prediction for now. I know the series is done. I have not read where it goes, but that's my prediction. But you have all these interesting people that she lives with and she deals with. Like I said, her main person she deals with every day is uh, Matsunaga-san, who essentially lives in the living room. Even though he's very orderly, everything has to be in order, and he helps her out severely. Uh, the first chapter, she loses her phone, and he goes on a huge escapade trying to f- help her find it. Also buys her a phone tag to hold it, a phone leash. So he's a really nice guy. It's just he's very high-strung and also very gets angry very easily about stupid things. He's very passionate about life. But he's just kind of a chill, handsome guy with black hair. Next, you have Akane Hattori, who is this very weird resident that we don't know what they do. They just kind of are bespectacled, and they just kind of disappear into the background. They kind of show up, and then they go poof. They show up for food, and then they leave. You have Asoko Ononkis, who is a female role model for... Miko, and she is a, how do I put this politely, she is a nail salonist. She works at a nail salon. Really nice, really cool. Also, she is a Hawaii nut. She's obsessed with Hawaii. I don't know why, but, you know, Japan is obsessed with Hawaii. And she's really nice, and at first she's just like, I'm the big sister that'll take care of you. And then when Miko helps her out with a kind of embarrassing situation, they become besties. So she helps navigate the situation, also gives her free nail care. Let's see who else we have. We have Kentaro. Well, Kentaro is kind of the blonde pretty boy, Suzuki. He's flirting with all women possible. Like when they first introduce him, he is a girl walking out of his room. And they're like, oh, that's a new one. So he just is this handsome prince that has a horrible personality. He's kind of a prick. I think he's nagging a little bit, but not really. The last one we have is Hyojo Ryo, who's this college student who doesn't really say much, but he hangs out with the apartment's cat who, the fun thing is the cat, she is in love with Matsunaga-san. Like, there's a whole final chapter about her talking about how she loves him, and he's the most important person to her because he treats her good, even though her primary caregiver is Ryo. And she does not like Miko, because Miko interrupts her time with Matsunaga. But the whole thing is that Miko and Matsunaga, it's them kind of falling in love with each other. She develops a crush on him because... He helps her out. Like when she first moves in, he he drill marches her to her room, says, listen, take out all your stuff. We're not doing winter stuff. You need your summer stuff out now. And what else do you need? Do you have hangers? No, go buy them. Oh, you ran out of money. Here's a couple of yen. Go do this. So he is authoritative and very caring in a very weird sort of way. But he's very nice and he's the bespectacled guy. So he's like the smart guy with glasses, black hair. And Miko has developed a severe crush on him because various things of him doing nice things for her and more importantly than that, at one point when he thought she was sleeping, he said that she was cute and now she's like, oh my God, he thinks I'm cute. This is awesome. Even And so that's the crux of the series. And I'll be honest, this is one of those ones that I think is going to just spin its wheels for a while, but it's 11 volumes and it is complete. So I don't know how it ends, but it's a very endearing story. And I love some of the side characters. And Matsunaga and Miko, they're kind of stereotypical. Uh, Matsunaga is the hot-headed, anger-issued guy who's kind of sundry, but he's really nice. And then Miko is the kind of air-headed girl who tries the best she can, even though she's really, really dumb. 
Like she does some really stupid things. Um, and she's not really super um, amazing at anything. Like the only thing she really can do is kind of cook. But it's not like she's like a Shinobu from Love Hina where she can cook tons of gourmet meals. It's not that. She cooks curry. And she's good at cooking curry. That's it. She does try to make some other food and it kind of works. But that's her thing. Uh, also, the first volume has a couple of very kind of embarrassing situations like Matsunaga and Miko get stuck in the restroom together because the door breaks and they end up having to sit together in a very awkward way and then he has to go to the bathroom and it gets very like, what the hell's going on? So yeah, it is a little cringy, but it's not terrible for a shoujo series. So that is the story itself. Now, the art style is endearing, attractive, and more importantly, very charismatic for the style. It makes you want to know more about these characters. Everyone is drawn in a very unique style that fits them perfectly. Simple elements are done well. And like in most shoujos, there's no attention to detail to the background. Like you may see a couple of lines saying, this is a room. But you don't have this very elaborate design for the room. You don't have much. It's just very basic. It's the characters you're focusing on. There's lots of white between the design and while some series it's very annoying this it works really well in and all the moments that you have these great uh cute like heart heart moments between Matsunaga and Miko they're just really just well composed and they make you want to read more into it you want to go more into and look into the elements of it but I digress so Besides the art style, besides the story, how is the overall production quality? It's pretty good. It's a thinner manga than usual. Uh, all 11 are out. You can get them right now. And they're not terribly done. There's nothing really special about the covers. There's nothing, no French folds. It is what it is. So, with all these elements, overall, Living Room Matsunaga-san is a story about a girl living with a bunch of random strangers and them learning to be together there are a lot of elements which are the big brother element because she's the youngest out of all of them she is 17 years old the rest of them are either college students or adults and they treat her like a kid sister in a very endearing way they include her and she tries to be grown up but there are times when they say you're just a kid you don't have to do this we can help you with this i mean some of the things that she does do are kind of you don't know if you've never lived outside your home like for example mixing Colors and whites when you're doing laundry. That's kind of a thing you learn when you grow up when your first set comes out all pink because you put reds and whites together. She doesn't know that. She also didn't pack things like hangers. She has to learn how to do that. She forgets things simply, but they all are there to help her out. At one point, she gets kind of scared by the guys, and the girls say, listen, when I first started, I was scared by them too because they're just trying to help out because we try to help each other out. That's how it works, and they're able to help explain each other and what's going on. And there are moments of them hanging out together, like they go to a, they're watching soccer in the main room, and it's just a very family-feeling moment. Now, with that being said... The characters are kind of one note because you do have, like I said, Kentaro Suzuki for the first chapter. He's just the flirty, drunk jerk who's super handsome and that's all he is. Uh, Asako, she is the nail, the fashionista girl, but she's like a big sister girl. Hence, there's more going on, but not really. Akane, we don't know anything about. She's just kind of in the background. And then Ryo is the cat person who kind of is... We don't know anything much about him except he's just very quiet. That's really all we know. 
main thing is the focus is Matsunaga and Miko, and that's, well, what it is. It's just their focus is them. Nothing else really matters, and I feel like it should be a little bit more even balance. I think we should learn more about them, but again, this is only the first volume. They probably do get into major moments about what happens. Uh, I do see a lot of elements that have been used in other shoujo and Jose series, like I said. The writing on the walls, I'm pretty sure that this um, dorm room or boarding house is going to get sold because the manager really is never there, but I could be wrong. So, out of all these factors, I have to give this a... Well, I love the artwork. Characters are pretty good. There are some great elements in it, but it's not like super, I want to read the next one. So I'm going to have to give this a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. It's okay, but forgettable. It's one of those series which it's got some great hooks in it. However, I've read so many shoujo over the years. There's ones which just pull and drag you and make you more interested to read more. This one, I just was like, okay, it's spinning its wheels, but that's what it's doing. I know where this kind of can go. It's going to be that they're going to either end up together or something else. Even though I do think it's a little cringy that it's a 27-year-old and a 17-year-old. That's a little weird for me, I'm not going to lie. I know that technically that's... It's legal, it's 17 is legal in a lot of countries, but it's still weird. But I digress. Um, so those are my thoughts about Living Room Matsunaga-san. If you agree with me, let me know. Email me at or tweet me at Spyrokin. Let me know your thoughts on if you enjoy this, if you think I'm wrong, if you think I completely missed something, or if you want to spoil what does happen if I'm right that it actually seals up or how this series ends. I've also heard a lot about Keiko Iwashita that she makes amazing series, but that she could never make a great ending. I don't know if this is true or not, but if you've read this and you've read the ending, does she actually land and make a good job, or does she just mess up completely? Let me know. And so, since this is the Friday show... Uh, we're not going to have the manga release of the week. However, here's the cool part. I do have to say two big announcements. First off, if you are in the United States, I hope you have an amazing Independence Day weekend. Be with your loved ones. Have a great time. I've Well, stuff's going on, so I'm going to deal with that. But I hope you have a great Independence Day weekend and have a great Independence Day. Uh, that's the first bit of news. Second bit of news, something a little more interesting and intriguing. One of my panels has been accepted for Otakon 2022. Yes, I will be presenting at Otakon. What panel was accepted? Was it the Insane Manga Challenge? No, that's been waitlisted. The one which was accepted was Cats, Dogs, and Everything in Between, a manga for pet lovers. So if you want to check out my panel where I talk about pets and other cool stuff, check them out at Otakon this year. I'll give you more information as I find out more. So now that that is out of the way uh, beforehand, remember to like, share, subscribe the podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. As usual, I appreciate each and every one of you. You're all really awesome. Thank all of you for listening and checking out this podcast and sticking around for this, these 400 episodes. For all my Patreon members, What's Up Society members, hope you're doing well. I've got two really cool new things for you, which are going to be released specifically for uh, What's Up tier and obviously the Buongiorno tier. So stay tuned for those. So with that in mind... Let's get to the part that you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only, the, the Wheel of Manga! 
Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. And what I've done is I've assigned a manga title to each of the 10 slots. So we're going to do is we're going to spin that one, not only the Wheel of Manga, whatever number it lands on, the manga that's in that number slot is the one I'm going to review in the next episode of the Spire Kid Manga Review, episode 477. That is 22 away from episode, actually 23 away from episode 500. And I'm excited to see what we're going to review because we've got some really good stuff on here. So let's spin. Number four. So in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I'm going to be reviewing a manga which has a Triforce on the cover, even though it has nothing to do with Zelda. I've never heard anything about the series except the Shonen Jump series. What am I talking about? I'm talking about The Elusive Samurai by Yusei Matsui. What is it about? I don't know. I've heard nothing about this. It's there's no nothing about it really. So it might be good, it might be bad, it might be terrible, or it might be the next big thing. You're gonna have to wait and find out what that is. But you know, I hope you enjoy. I can't wait to see you guys next time. As usual, I am your Hosan. I'm Gonsville. I'll catch you guys next time and keep reading manga. See you later. Mm-hmm.